Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Always a bright and sunny day when we are joined by Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, Dean. How are you doing today? Doing very, very, very well. We started the show talking about the death of Tony Bennett, uh, living with Alzheimer's, uh, first announced to the public about five years ago, and then uh, retiring from performing about a year ago as the uh, disease progressed with him. Uh, We've talked about Alzheimer's on this segment uh, several times over the past month or so, but I think it's just worth revisiting briefly uh, to um, talk about what Tony Bennett went through. I mean, from from all that you've gathered, I, I, I know that, you know, you didn't have the charts in front of you, but I'm sure, you know, from what you've heard, it followed the pretty normal pattern, didn't it, with uh, people who are living with Alzheimer's? Yeah, it really did. And, you know, I, I think that what's amazing is what you said earlier, where it was he just stopped performing about a year and a half ago, I think. You know, here's an individual who understood what was going on in his disease process probably early on, and yet still got the joy and pleasure of singing and remembering those songs and remembering, which shows us, you know, the Alzheimer's, a lot of it is recent memory loss versus long-term memory loss, where you, you can still recognize people or you recognize something that happened a long time ago, but you don't remember where you put your car keys or you don't remember, you know, those early signs of that short-term early memory loss versus long-term memory loss. He uh, uh, didn't remember the people's names who were around him, Uh, didn't remember his wife's name, didn't remember his accompanist's name, Uh, didn't didn't say that although he had been rehearsing with Lady Gaga, uh, didn't call her by name. It was just presumed that he also didn't remember her name Uh, yet in their final concert uh, when uh, Tony's on stage by himself singing. And then Gaga comes out, and the crowd goes wild, and Tony Bennett, for the first time, says, Lady Gaga! It's like it came back to him. Uh, when when he was in his element with music, uh, it, it all came back. That's, that's not uncommon, is it? It's not. And like you said, not remembering someone's name, looking at them, and really trying to focus on who that individual is and what their name is is very common. But I, I hope that people really get the look of it and say, hey, you know, look how he handled the end of his life there and whether his family was so supportive to keep him as active as possible and not in an embarrassing situation, right? I mean, he had crowds cheering for him. He may not have remembered someone's name, but he still was a performer. And I think that social interaction probably extended his life a little bit, you know, getting up, moving, doing things, yeah. um, which unfortunately we, we lose a lot of that as, as Alzheimer's progresses. They say that at his final concert at Radio City Music Hall, that he would be backstage uh, in the wings, not knowing where he was, not knowing what was going to happen. Uh, Yet when the orchestra started and he would go on stage, boom, the lights went on. Yeah. And he was able to remember flawlessly every single lyric, intonation, uh, the interpretation of songs, uh, it's all, I mean, it's the mystery of Alzheimer's, isn't it? How all of that is somehow tucked away somewhere in the brain 
and all just came back when he heard that music. Yeah, and and you hope that this, you know, is the last generation to suffer like this. You know, the medications that are coming out right now and hopefully earlier diagnosis and getting on medication earlier, I mean, it would be nice if this was the last generation to suffer from this illness and the advancements and strides that are being made right now in technology and the fundraising that's going on for this has just been fantastic. And we get encouraging news like Lakembi, you know, the drug that was really just approved here recently, that's going to really make an impact. And like I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, that this is a penicillin. This is the first drug that was a, you know, be a blockbuster drug that, will only get perfected and we'll get drugs that work better, that have less side effects and are easier to take as we advance. The, uh, the final concert for Tony Bennett uh, at Radio City Music Hall with Lady Gaga is being repeated on CBS tonight. Uh, I hi- highly recommend it. I mean, if you're interested in Alzheimer's, it's a very interesting look at how uh, Tony Bennett and his wife and family and friends dealt with this but also the the making of this concert and uh tony bursting out of the limitations of alzheimer's uh to put on one final amazing performance uh talking about drugs uh the drugs that we are hearing about right now are these uh, injectable drugs for diabetes for heart disease blood pressure and Weight loss is turning out to be uh, one of the uh, big uh, side effects of some of these drugs like Ozempic and Monjero and uh, Wegovy. Um, I mean, these are just like the the hottest drugs around right now, aren't they? It really, yeah, they are. It's really interesting. You know, when you look at what a medication is to be used for, you know, this is a medication that was designed for treating diabetes, which is just rampant in this country. And it's interesting. They start to say, wait a second, you know what? All these guys who are taking this, not only is their diabetes better, but they're losing a lot of weight. Very similar story with, you know, Chantix, you know, a medication that was going to be given, you know, and one of the side effects of Chantix was that people stopped smoking. So. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like we lost Dr. Most. Something happened to the phone line. Uh, we'll get Dr. Most back up on the phone, pick it up again, talking about these uh, drugs that uh, people can't get enough of. But also, I wanted to ask uh, Dr. Most about the side effect of these drugs. I've been hearing unbelievable stories about uh, very severe side effects that some people are having with these drugs. Uh, let's get to that when we come right back. Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. I think we've got our phone glitch figured out here, uh, doctor. And uh, we were talking about Ozempic and some of these uh, injectable drugs uh, that were intended to help with diabetes that are showing a benefit of great weight loss. Uh, is this something that people should be excited about? Oh, absolutely. You know, when we look at it, and and Ozempic right now, a study is being done currently on an oral pill because right now Ozempic is injectable. You know, you you have to have, uh, it's it's not a pill. But when you look at the results of what they're doing, we have to understand that this is a drug for 
type 2 diabetes, right? So what it does is it slows the emptying of our stomachs so we're not eating as much. So it's not like it's, it's really kind of helping us learn, again, how to eat properly in a way that's using the medication. But I think the fantastic thing about it, Dean, is when you look at obesity in this country right now and the impact it's having on diabetes and heart disease and kidney disease, as well as just joint replacements and back pain, and if we can control people's weight and bring their weight down appropriately with a medication that really just tells them to stop eating more, I think it's really it's a win-win. Now, you had mentioned that the drug uh, makes people feel as though their stomach is not empty, therefore they're not as hungry. But what is the um, what, what, what's the uh, what does it do in terms of diabetes? The original intent of the drug, right? So. It, there's type 1 and type 2 diabetes, right? Type 1 diabetes, we don't make enough insulin. So what we need to do is we need to give insulin shots. Type 2 diabetes, we have all the, we have plenty of insulin. It's just that when we put on as much weight as we do, that our insulin gets to be less effective. So what this does is it decreases that number of caloric intake coming in and then also regulates the release of insulin so that the blood sugar is, is monitored, excuse me, is, is stabilized more at a lower level. So it's telling the brain, hey, stop eating, and then also telling the pancreas, okay, here's how much insulin we're going to put out. I've heard uh, so many stories, more than the usual, when there's a drug and you hear other you know, side effects may occur on uh, the, this drug or you know, that drug. Uh, but for Ozempic in particular, uh, there have been volumes of stories of severe side effects that people are having, nausea, stomach pain, constipation, uh, diet, uh, diarrhea, um, uh, vomiting. Uh, are the uh, side effects more significant than most any other drug with this? Well, I think it's interesting. You know, the way the FDA works is you, if you are going to tell people about your drug and the impact of it, then you have to list the side effects and tell them, you know, if it's above a certain percentage, those must be disclosed immediately. So, I, I think you're going to look at it and have people kind of take that risk reward because this is not going to be like a blood pressure pill that you're going to be on for the rest of your life. Potentially, this is a drug you'll be on for a year, 18 months. And if you get to that loss of 20 percent of your of your total body weight and now have learned a new way to eat, that's going to be the home run to say now you can get off of that medication and potentially the side effects you may have. So. Uh, we all have to balance. It's a risk-reward issue. Doctors always talk about side effects of medications and say, here's what we're trying to get to. Here's the side effects. Here's the medication that we're going to use. Let's see if we can tolerate it. If not, we're going to look at a different option. All right. Is there a significant difference between uh, an Ozempic and a Mongero and Wegovi and you know others, uh, which presumably will be coming along to try to duplicate this effect one one more powerful effective than another no i I, you know wagovi is the only one right now that's approved for obesity and that's approved for obesity if the patient has a weight-related condition along with their diabetes like high blood pressure cholesterol the others are are still off-label that's why these studies are being done and again i think this is going to be it's a new class of drugs it's a new way for us to think about how we're going to not only treat diabetes but also impact weight loss and i think as we start to perfect them you're going to see that they're going to get better take the analogy of penicillin where you have to take it five times a day well nobody can take a medicine twice a day anymore that has to be once a day for compliance 
So I think we'll get these medications into a pill form, into a once a day, and with minimal side effects, and this drug class will just continue to expand. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty big news that, uh, you know, that this is available. You should contact your physician. Are most insurance companies uh, recognizing them now, or is that going to be an issue for patients? Well, it'll be an issue if you're going off-label, because sometimes insurance companies are saying you're not taking that for an indicated use that's been approved by the FDA, therefore the cost is on you. But most individuals would probably clear classify themselves into a point of where Wagovi would be approved because as you get obesity, chances are you're going to have some high blood pressure. Chances are you're going to have elevated cholesterol. So I think it's somebody that's a a motivated individual who wants to lose some weight and knows that the health-related conditions that they would be improving is going to be helpful for their long-term health should be talking to their doctor. Uh, We have uh, Joe on the phone line with a question for Dr. Most. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Joe, you're on WGN. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Thank you. Uh, doctor, uh, back in the fall, I applied for an Alzheimer's trial, and they do a blood test check and see if you have a marker, and I have the marker, and so I've been uh, accepted to the trial. I'm uh, ready to the next step where they're going to do an MRI, and then they're going to start give me this infusion, and all of a sudden, I'm getting cold feet. Um, any, you know, and I don't know why. I just, um, what, what would you say about that? Well, Joe, uh, first, thank you for advancing and signing up and considering that, because this is what we need in individuals to participate in clinical trials. What they're going to do is if you have any signs of early Alzheimer's and they put you in this trial, you have to remember that these trials now are usually two things. You're either going to get the medication or you're going to get a placebo. And the placebo obviously will be an infusion pretty much of saline where the other one will be an infusion of the medication. Without individuals like you who have been accepted in trials, we're not going to advance it. Is a 50-50 chance that you're going to get the medication? Yeah. And really, if you do get the medication, they're going to be tracking you to see how does this work. So um, they're going to ask you about side effects, and they will stop you if you have side effects that are bad. So I I would say, you know, if you're still on the fence about it, think about the impact that you might have in your own personal life if you actually get the trial drug and slow the progression of this illness. So thank you for considering it because we always need people that are going to get into a clinical trial to allow us to make sure that the medications we're putting out are not only safe but also effective thank you for the call uh joe we appreciate that from the 847 area code after you go off of the weight control drugs uh will you gain the weight back just like many do with bariatric surgery yeah So that is, you know, the big thing that they're going to start looking at at a more long term. But what they're looking at right now, because the medication's really only been in existence in trials here for, I don't know, five, seven years. But they have seen people slide back a little bit, but not gaining back that 20% plus. Because often with people with bariatrics, not only do they gain the weight back, they gain it back plus. So would this be a time where if you started to go back up, you could be put back on this medication. So it's not like you can only take it for this period of time and that's it for your lifetime. But what they're showing is that most people are going to hit that 20% weight loss at 18 months and you won't need to be on the medicine. 
So you might creep back up, but they'll be watching that closely. And, and uh, again, balance whether or not to go back on the medication is needed. Yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you about bariatric surgery. Actually, I meant to ask you this last week uh, after we learned the official cause of death of Lisa Marie Presley. Apparently, she had had bariatric surgery and had some um, stomach obstructions as a result. Uh, they say that the, the report said that it was a very rare uh, side effect of uh, bariatric surgery. How concerned should people be if they're considering that kind of surgery? Uh, what, what's the, the safety of that right now? Yeah, you know, the complication rate is, is fairly low. Um, but it, with any surgery, especially any surgery in the intestines and in the stomach, you have to at least be going to this, you know, with a really good idea of what's going on. You know, bariatric surgery works essentially like this medication works, right? If we make the stomach smaller, by the time you get the food in there, it's going to send, have tension, it's going to send a message to the brain, hey, I'm full, I don't want to eat anymore. Um, but it's permanent, right? I mean, that's there. They're not going back and reversing these surgeries. So it's, uh, it's one where I would say go into it with open eyes. Try to make sure you understand that if you do go into it, there are some comp- potential complications, but they're fairly low and you'll be well monitored. But again, you're going to have to be driven with beyond the surgery to keep the weight off. 708 area code asks, are there any new treatments for neuropathy? I'm seeing television commercials all over the place for the treatment of neuropathy. Uh, what can you tell us? Explain yeah, what that is. Were... Explain what it is, first of all. Well, neuropathy essentially is when your nerves don't work as well as they're supposed to. And this often happens in people's feet and sometimes in their hands as well. We call it peripheral neuropathy at the periphery of our body. And that's not unusual, right? That's the furthest point from the heart. So the blood supply that gets there, um, the, the energy support that gets there is, is the weakest in the body. The bad thing about it is, we see it in diabetics, so really we're saying, okay, if we treat the diabetes better, will we decrease the neuropathy? Absolutely. There are other causes, though. And the bad thing about it is by the time you get it, the nerve is often damaged to a point where it's not going to come back. Not like um, lung disease, like we were talking about. You stop smoking, your lungs can, can you know, regenerate. Liver, same thing. But the nerves, unfortunately, in peripheral neuropathy don't. And this impacts people because they have pain in their feet, they have difficulty walking, their balance is off. So it's a really a devastating illness for people because it really almost puts them into social isolation sometime as well because they don't want to get out because they look clumsy walking or they're in pain when they walk. So certainly a lot of interest being put into it. Um, not sure when we're going to see any new medications, though. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Have a great Sunday, Kev. Thank you. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon.